previously on Just Cow in the City. I never got those anchovies on the side. Who would want to kill me? Oh, I don't know the waiter from last night. I can't go that far in advance. I don't know what I'm doing next week. I have to entertain. I'm dying to do comedy. I'm like, I bet you are, but you stink. Yogi Bear's Grand is exciting. I go, well, I'll come by. And I can guarantee that podcast will probably be even more depressing. Dave Juskow does not care for tardiness. David Juskow has a podcast. And the summer will be a blast. Can't believe he's 70. Cause he acts like he's 23. He's a mess and sometimes giddy, but he'll always be just guy in the city. Tell us more, tell us more. Is that what you want? Tell us more, tell us more. Should I move to Vermont? And welcome to another fine episode of Just Gow in the City. As we wind our summer down, that was quick, no? Of 2023, August 15th. Dave Just Gow turns a year older, as everybody else in my life seems to turn a bit younger. Well, I have a quality show for you today. I promise you that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, next week should be good, too, since we'll be explaining what happened. This comes out on Tuesday. I am recording on Friday. My show is on Monday, so that will be explained. I'm having a lot of anxiety of whether to... Not about the show anymore. The show is set. It's definitely on. You don't care. It doesn't matter to you because this comes out the day after the show would have happened. But I will tell you... That SD did actually hook me up, and the lineup is extraordinary, let alone that Jeff Ross might be in town, so him and David Tell might stop by. Again, if you're a Patreon follower and you're getting this on Saturday instead of Tuesday and you happen to be in New York City, you're going to want to come to this show at 9.35 at the Comedy Cellar. So, yeah, then I'm having anxiety about the Monday night going out all night and then going to work on Tuesday. Now, everybody says I should probably take Tuesday off or at least work from home. But then I'm at the Comedy Cellar at 6 o'clock for our usual show, which will be tonight. So I'm like, well, I'm already down there. So that's why I'm getting all confused. And you know how I enjoy trying to work this all out. And it is exciting at this advanced age, even better now to... You know, party like a rock star when you're 100 and see if you can all work it out uh, and not die in the process. So that's something. But that, again, all being said, very exciting. I've got a story for you today that is one of the greatest stories that anyone's ever told on a podcast. And I am lucky to be the one to tell it to you. Everyone I have told this story to already absolutely worships it it is an absolutely brilliant dave juskow story and only the kind of story that dave juskow can bring you on this quality podcast and again thank you for your patronage as a patreon subscriber because this is the kind of quality podcast you've been subscribing to 
and listening to for, I don't know, eight years, this is the reason you're going to like this podcast. This is the reason you're going to want to tell friends, hey, you got to listen to this guy's podcast. This is goddamn hilarious. I've never heard anything like this before. And I guarantee you, no one has ever had a story like this because the only way you can have a story like this is you have to be, ooh, I can't even use the word minor, (laughs) but you have to be at least a D-list celebrity. I'm doing the air quotes that you can't see. You have to be at least a D-list celebrity of some sort. You have had to have done something in your life to have gotten to a certain level where this exists. And that's why I'm telling you, you cannot be, this would never happen to an A-list celebrity and this could never happen to a regular Joe. So you have to be actually Dave Juskow or the equivalent of, you, you got to be the right age. <laughs> you have to have the right kind of backstory behind you. And, you know, you've got to be uh, a little hilarious too because otherwise it, it may hurt your feelings. Uh, but this is so quality hilarious. I know, I'm setting it up. I might You might think I'm setting it up for failure, but I'm not. I'm looking at my list and I'm like, should I just start the story or should I do it in order? But I think we're all in agreement. Why don't we just kick off the podcast with the thing I've been waiting to tell you all week and the rest of the podcast will be downhill after this quality story I'm about to give you. Again, as we wind the summer down, let's go out with a blast. I'll take a sip of coffee before I start. And speaking of coffee, I'll diverse. I'll divert for a moment because you know how I've been enjoying going right across the street to this coffee shop because really this beautiful girl works there. So on Wednesday, you know, I've been working from from home from four to midnight and I usually go to the coffee shop around three o'clock in the afternoon to get coffee and get ready for the shift and not, you know, not a Dunkin' Donuts day. I go across the street because the girl is so pretty. Otherwise, I would probably go to Dunkin' Donuts or just the deli across the street. So again, I point out to you people, if you're listening and you happen to be in the Sutton Place neighborhood trying to open a coffee shop, I promise you, having attractive people working there works for Dave Juskow. And your coffee is very expensive. So you should listen to what I say. But anyway, I remember I woke up on Wednesday at around, I guess, I don't know, 11, <laughs> maybe 10, I don't know, went to watch a little TV and said, you know what? I'm still really sleepy because Mondays and Tuesdays always really mess me up. So I'm going to go back to bed for a little bit. What's the difference? I don't have to do anything till four. I didn't have any other plans, no lunch plans, nothing. So I'm going to go back to sleep. And I never got back to sleep, but I lied down in the bed and there was this music coming from outside. Music you expect to have in the summer if you're on a college campus or even if you live in New York City, you might be expecting somebody's car is outside, they're washing their car and there's music. Music that did not bother old man Jeskow 
ironically, in the least. Music where I was just kind of relaxing. There was a breeze coming in the window, if you can believe it, in the middle of New York City. And I was enjoying having the music playing through my window, not knowing where it was coming from. And I said, you know, this is very relaxing. And around 3 o'clock, I went downstairs, and my doorman told me that the music was coming from the coffee shop across the street, and some new douchebag who lives in the building went over there and told them to turn it off. And not only did he tell them to turn it off, he was, like, rude about it. Like, he didn't handle it. Hey, I work from home, and I was one. I mean, and a new guy in the building, and apparently, like, a, a really small jack guy who's, like, making a statement about a short man's complex and going over there and being a complete asshole. And now I'm furious because I'm like, you know what? The, you know, they're, they're ruining my good day. I thought the music was cool. They just have a little box outside the thing so people can enjoy their coffee and listen to music. It's a really nice neighborhoody thing to do that's not bothering anybody except one douchebag. And isn't it always one douchebag? And if it's going to be any one douchebag, then... There's only one room for that kind of person, and that's me. Old man Joscow yelling at a cloud. We know this. But I never complain about music outside or anything. I never, you know I never do. I mean, okay, granted, sometimes I complain about the Jewish people uh, going crazy outside at the end of Yom Kippur because I'm trying to, you know, I'm in the middle of a podcast. You hear all the celebrating, singing, and dancing. And I'm like, listen, you goddamn people. <laughs> Get a life, Jews. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, okay, but I never complain. I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to complain? What, are you kidding? I'm going to go down there and complain like, listen, I don't like shoving your Judaism in my friend. Why would I do that, right? I should be great, you know, but that's funny to complain about. These other Jews are celebrating more than I am. They're celebrating in a different way. What is this? But then, you know, and I also kind of like it because I'm like, oh, right, it's Shavuos today. It's all these holidays i don't know and i'm like oh right so then that's how i figure it all out anyway they're they're nice and they have a temple across the street apparently and they come out and whatever and i love complaining about it to you guys but i don't actually go down and hey can you guys keep it because first of all you're not going to win that battle they get the street closed down these people got influence and money these people I'm not going to, and so I'm really upset about this guy. I'm like, it's always some new asshole, and it's not even an old guy. That's what you want it to be. So I go across the street, and my girl's not there. This girl, Regina, is so pretty, and she's not there. And this girl, Serenity, is there. I think she's a girl. I, I don't, I don't know. She was nothing but nice, but it could have been. I, I don't. I. I can't even say the term anymore because I, I don't know what the term is. But this woman or per, they, I don't know. I know what to say, but she was very nice. I keep saying she because I don't know. I don't know. So you know what, everybody? Shut the fuck up. Look how complicated you've made everything to make a new friend. Anyway, she told me, first of all, I was like, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Where the hell is Regina? You know, I come in like that, but as a joke, and she got it right away, which thank God. Uh, she's like, oh, Regina left. I'm like, she told me she was going to be here three o'clock. <laughs> Cause she did tell me that. I was like, oh, you know, I come on Wednesdays. I guess she didn't tell me what time, but usually she's there Wednesday night. And so then I start talking about, it. I heard, I, let me apologize for the douchebag that came over the building. And then she told me the whole story, how the guy just came in 
took the speaker from outside and put it inside and like was just a complete dick about it and apparently did it to Regina, not this woman that might be able to kind of handle a verbal beating, the sweetest little girl you could ever meet, and this guy's screaming at her. She's in a fucking employee at a coffee shop, and some douchebag from my building is screaming at her. I am incensed. Nobody does that to my woman. So she was telling me the whole story, and I got coffee, and I got the bag of coffee. I don't know whether I told you guys last week. I got the bag of coffee. I got a picture of it in the bonus show. I don't know whether it's coming up this week or next, but I got a picture. It's a bag of iced coffee. It's beautiful. They're doing it all summer in a bag. It's a, I, you got to see it. I don't know how to describe it, but it's awesome. I get a little iced cappuccino. And I'm enjoying going to that place with the bag of coffee. And you know I don't really care for iced coffee. Normally, it just makes me sick, but I am enjoying this for the rest of the summer. So uh, anyway, I leave there, and everything's fine. I go back, I guess, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Right, right, right. I go down. I go back yesterday, and I talk to Regina. There's okay. okay. You know what? I'm going to um, I'm going to backtrack now. I'm going to tell you the story because then there's two instances where they're like, "Wait, you're the person that happened to?" So, and they're all right next door to each other. So this is great. All right, here it is. Um, last week, I was taking the bike down to work, and I was thinking about this girl. And I was like, geez, you know, I haven't talked to her in a while. I wonder how she's doing. She had just recently gotten divorced. And, um, you know, I'd see things on Instagram, trying to get my life back together, all that kind of stuff. So, and we had gone out once before last year. And I was thinking about her. And I'm like, oh, I got to give her a call. But I, I didn't. And I went to work that day and I came home. It was last Tuesday, just before the show started. She texted me and she's like, hey, how you doing? I've been thinking about you. I'm like, this is so weird. I was thinking about you today, too. And I'm like, we should definitely hang out then because we're both thinking about each other, right? One would think. So she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, may, I don't know when because this week was weird. I'm like, how about Tuesday? I knew I was coming home and doing the show here. I'm like, I can actually go out after on Tuesday. In fact, I think I ended the show saying I'm going out on a date this evening after the show. And then she's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then, you know, Monday we're figuring out the details. Like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, I never know. And she's like, you know, I'm in the mood for steak. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Here we go. Just cow, you son of a bitch. You fell for it again. I'm in the mood for steak. I just want like a good steak, you know, like maybe a skirt steak. And I'm like, you, you, you just want to order the most expensive thing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. Here we go again. So I'm thinking of places. And I think she moved up to the Harlem area or something. So I'm like trying to think of places in between. When meanwhile, I just want to go across the street from my house because that's like the easiest place, even though I know it's really pricey. But she says, hey, why don't we go to Hillstone? And then I'm like, oh, yes. Let's go to the most expensive place I know, which it is. I mean, I don't know whether she did it on purpose, whether she didn't know. But the reason I stopped going there, because even my friends Jody and Kenny don't go there because it's too expensive. But I'm like, well, you know, I'm always a proponent if you actually pick a place. I'm, I don't know where she came up with it. I don't know how she came up with it. The one in my neighborhood left, so there's only one on Park Avenue and 17th Street. And the food is good, but I mean, Jesus Christ. And I'm looking up places where 
steak is nominally priced. I'm like, well, maybe we can go to PJ Clark's where you can get a little hanger steak of some sort for maybe 20 bucks. But then I'm like, I'm joking myself. Nothing is 20 bucks anymore. Everything's 26 or 36. But at Hillstone, it's 56 bucks. So I'm like, oh, great. Anyway, they thank God they didn't have a reservation. I was trying to get one for 7.30. They didn't have one till 9.30. She goes, that's too late. I'm like, yes, it is. Phew. So she goes, well, you pick a place. I'm like, let me just, let's just go across the street from my house. I, I trust the steak there. You'll like it. You know, who, who, who liked that steak? Teethy, my friend. When the first time she had steak, she was like, this is delicious. I'm like, you'll, like, you'll love this steak. It's exactly what you're asking for. So I... Text my friend who's the manager there, Enrique, and I said, are you working? He's like, no, I work Wednesday through Sunday. And I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> Figures. But I don't care. You know, I know the owners there and the chef and the, the owner and his wife and the people there. They, you know, I know them and I love them there. And I really wish I could go in more often. It's just expensive. Although now at this point, everything else is so expensive, they're reasonably priced, especially if you don't drink. This girl doesn't drink. I knew she didn't drink, so I'm like, all right. It won't be that bad because with drinks, it gets out of control. As anybody knows, you drink alcohol, you're you're just destined to be completely fucked like what happened to me last week. So we go, we meet her, we meet there. She's not dressed very nice. I'm like, well, that's because I was dressed kind of nice. I was wearing a nice shirt and I was wearing jeans, but I was like dressed nice for a dinner, even though it was summer, but it was a very cool, comfortable evening. And then I saw what she was wearing. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's, that's just okay. I know she can dress nicer. I just saw her on Instagram yesterday dressed nice for a party. So what the hell is this? What kind of message does this send to everyone? I'm just, I mean, not that she didn't look pretty or anything. It's just like, she, you know what I'm saying. I've seen her dress nicer uh, going on stage at the comic strip. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she's she's nice person and we sit down and... We have a we have a a, a good time and, and sitting and I get to see the you know the the manager's the owner's wife and everything and we're all good and I explained to her how the hanger steak works and of course she ordered it medium well which was already insulting. He's in the waitress is just like medium well and I'm like yeah I'm sorry uh, this is my friend she doesn't know any better please apologize to the chef for me and I said that kind of as a joke but I wasn't joking. People get insulted when you say medium well or especially well done. It's a complete insult to the chef. And this is a French chef. So he actually does get upset about that. You are going to love this story. I can. I am just setting it up. <laughs> I'm telling you, the ending is phenomenal. So just stick with me. This has nothing to do with this part, but I'm going to tell you what happened. Well, it, it fix, fits in later the next day it's for the next day can you believe it aren't my restaurant stories the best come on so we ordered two hanger steaks because i'm definitely going to have one and i order mine medium rare the polite way to order a steak at a french restaurant and for some reason the waitress brings us one hanger steak medium well and a filet mignon <laughs> and i'm like uh what the hell is this? And she's like, oh, you didn't order the filet mignon? I'm like, I think you know we didn't order the filet mignon. If at, I said to you two hanger steaks, one medium well 
at one medium rare. I, I don't know how that could be misconstrued as filet mignon. Then there's a whole mix-up and talking and all that kind of stuff. They say, well, if you want this, I mean, we can get you. Then the manager comes over like, well, we can get you the hanger steak. I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. I'll just have the flavor. And we'll just take, you know, we'll make it an equal price. And I'm sitting there going, and, and, and the girl with me doesn't, she's like, oh, they're going to take it off the menu. I'm like, that's not what they're saying. Even though they're speaking broken English, what they're just saying is, they're going to take the price off the filet mignon, which is $10 more, and just make it the equal price of the hanger steak. When they should, as we all know, take it off the fucking bill. Because you fucked up royally. Because even if I order the hanger steak now, she's going to be finished. You can't let it go cold. You've ruined our dining, our very expensive dining experience. Take it off the fucking bill. You've got to be fucking kidding me right i am not wrong on this you made a major fuck up there was no way that you could have gotten that wrong i mean i watched her write it down and obviously she's just a moron i eat the flesh because i know it's gonna be delicious i'm like don't worry about it don't worry i'm like as long as she got hers so she can try it this way i can come here tomorrow and have you know what i need so don't worry about it and everything else is just not the hangers it was just a filet mignon well, oh no i'm not a filet mignon the only reason sometimes I don't get a filet mignon is because it's like smaller and I'm disgusting and I like bigger. So, but I think it's the same size. Anyway, it was delicious. It was delicious. But, you know, the whole time I'm saying to myself, I can't believe they didn't take it off the bill and they just took, took $10 off. I mean, what the fuck? They're, they're explaining it to me as if I'm like, in, you know, I'm like, and we'll just make it equal price. I'm like, why? What? Why are we having this conversation? You really made a big mistake. Just take it off the bill. What's the big deal? You know, I I'm, I happen to be a regular here. I, I'm, I'm going to skip over. So when I left, I saw the chef and I told him what happened. And he was really upset about it. He's like, that was you? And I'm like, yeah. You know, we're not mad. I mean, the filet mignon was delicious. He goes, and but you could see the rest of my conversation. He was really upset that that happened. I'm like, well, don't take it out on her, even though, yeah, you should. I felt bad and it was nice to talk to him and I like him so much and I just couldn't help myself but to mention it. I had to, how could I not mention it? Well, everything, he's like, how was it? I'm like, everything was good, you know, except for the fact that they mixed up our order. But other than that, how am I not going to mention it? How am I not going to mention it? I have to. I mean, that's, it's a real big fuck up. All right. Anyway, the bill comes. My favorite part of the, of the meal. I'm even like, you want to get this? No, I don't want to. You know, it's always just like, uh, come on, let's let's go. Everything's getting on my nerves, right? The bill comes. As you know, there is no reason not to believe this isn't a date. Especially when she sits there with her, I'm posing it now, with her elbows on the table and her hands clenched on her chin. She's making no move to her wallet or anything. So I'm like, Okay, I guess it's expected for some reason that I'm paying for this because I guess it's a date. <laughs> you know, I pay and it's not that pricey because we didn't have drinks, so it's not horrible. But she's just sitting there, you know, do 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 do. Thanks. I'm like, okay, and then we, and then we leave, and then she goes. I'm like, do you want to come upstairs? Because I live right across the street. She goes, no, I have to get up early. 
uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to walk a little bit and then take the bus. I'm like, oh, well, do you want to hang out? Now, see ya. And she just leaves. So I don't know, right? All right. But that's not the, that's the normal part. And it happens. But here's the best part. So I go home and I talk to my friend, Chris Murphy, who I've known for years, who knows this girl. And I tell him the story. Now, yeah, right. I'm trying to tell, figure out how to tell the rest of the story. And I tell him the story. And I say, you know, and she's just sitting there. And I'm like, I mean, if it's not a date, if, if, it's, if it's not a date and she just leaves and she's not thinking of it as a date, then why is she just sitting there twiddling her thumbs while the bill comes? You know, like, why, you know, and again, we've just spoken about this before. It, if it's, whatever it is, I mean, if it's not a date, then, you know, make the gesture like you're going to pay or just, I mean, my 19-year-old friend makes the gesture. And I'm like, no, no, don't worry about it. Right? She is sitting there with her arms folded like, you know, this is expected. He's going to pay. I don't, I don't know why anybody would think that if it's not, we're not that good a friend. The last time we went out was a year ago. I call Chris and I tell him the story. And I say, yeah, and we just went there and she just sat there twiddling her thumbs while the bill came. I just don't understand. I mean, it's fine if it, if it is a date, but it clearly maybe it wasn't a date. So I don't understand what's going on. And, and he goes, oh, you know what? That might have been my fault. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Well, apparently, folks, if you Google my name and Google Dave Juskow net worth, the first thing that comes up is a site with my picture on it that says Dave Juskow net worth. million. Now, I've known about this site for a long time. I showed it to my mother. I've never seen her laugh that hard in my life. My mother does not find me funny. She she never laughs. But when I showed her that and my net worth, I thought she was going to die laughing to the grave. (laughs) I've, I've never seen her laugh that hard nor have i all the people i know that i've shown that to laugh pretty much that hard but when your mother does it it's a little bit more embarrassing now like i said at the beginning apparently i have some sort of d-level celebrity status that somehow has put me on the web with a net worth of 1.4 million now this site and i think there's a couple of them fluctuates sometimes it's 4 million uh, when we, we've been looking the last two days because they've been showing everybody because it's hilarious, it's, it was 1.4 million that day, but today it's at 1.5 million. So somehow I made a cool 500,000, what is it, 100,000? I don't know what I'm thinking, but I made a cool $100,000 during the day. Obviously on my stocks and my uh, investing in corn, like Marina Franklin told me to do. I'm kidding, of course. Are you joking? I don't even have the stocks anymore. I got rid of them all because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And that British girl's out of her mind. So I don't know where they get their stuff from. It's hilarious. Oh, by the way, if you ever look that up and you want to see what a celebrity's worth, it's just a joke. If I look up, I mean, Sarah Silverman, me, and David Tell apparently have the exact same net worth. Obviously, how the hell can that be? And I know they at least might have a million dollars. I got a million four. 
I don't like to brag about it, but you know, I'm very lucky. So he says, well, I might have shown all the pretty girls at the comic strip your net worth. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I, I showed about five of the really pretty girls wanting to be comics your net worth online. We were talking about you, and I showed them your net worth. I thought it would be funny. I thought it would get you dates, which it did. And um, and then they're like, and you know, then they were like, wait a minute. I thought he's a paralegal at a law firm. And then he said, no, he is. But he is the kind of guy like he needs structure in his life. So he just took that job because he he's got to get out of the house. Otherwise, he'll stay home not do any comedy writing or anything. So he needs that structure in his life. I mean, this guy sold it, Chris Murphy, because he's been helping me my whole life trying to get dates and all this all this time since the 80s. He's been really a, an amazing friend trying to help help a brother out and say, no, he, that he only does that. He doesn't need the money for that thing. He even told him, he's like, I, I don't even need payment. I just need structure. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. He's like, yeah. And when he was telling me the story, I'm like, Chris, this is, this is, this is hilarious. I, can you be mad at a guy that's trying? He's not trying to dick me over. He's trying to help me. I just know it's going to backfire. And he goes, and you know, the thing is, now that I think about it, out of the five girls I might have shown it to that day, she was the one, the one I went out with, who believed it the most. And I'm like, wow, that's hilarious. And the best part is, is that that day before, when I had said that the girl picked the most expensive restaurant. My sister goes, maybe it has something, Maybe she saw your net worth online. I'm like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> My sister even knew. Like, so That's the first thing she thought of. She remembered the net worth. I wasn't even thinking that way, obviously. But tell me that's not the greatest goddamn story where I'm like, oh, geez, I didn't even think about, oh, my God. She saw my net worth, and she's like, well, why would I? It's, it's kind of what I do if I go out with a teller, Sarah, or Jeff. I'm like, do, 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 you don't need any money, right? But, but of course, I always say, do you want me to leave the tip, even with these guys? But they, you know, insist they know how it is. But that's the way she was, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> Unfortunately, being the D-list celebrity I am, my net worth is online for anybody to see. <laughs> it's just the wrong net Now, and that's the funny thing. If they put up my actual net worth, which might be about a thousand bucks, I don't think anybody would go out with me. So it's kind of funny. And there's nothing in her mind that indicates that she probably did anything wrong. Because like, well, he's got money. Which, of course, is just kind of dicky. Here's the bad part, though. She never texted the next day and said, thank you. That's all you asked for somebody. Neither did the last girl. I do that to friends. I've told you this before. When Sarah takes me out for dinner... Or we go out for dinner and she pays. I thank her the next day. I thank Jeff. I thank Dave because even though they're boys or friends, it's the polite thing to do. So Jesus Christ, even if I am a millionaire, you don't text the next day and say, hey, thank you so much for dinner. So that's just an unclassy person. So the next day I go out, I first go to the coffee shop and I see that girl, Regina, she's there. And I told her that I met, you know, Serenity and all this thing happened in the house. And she goes, yeah, I heard somebody came in and apologized for the building. I'm like, that was me. That was you. Yeah, I came in. I was jokingly apologizing. I don't know that guy. I said, oh, I apologize for everyone in the building. I was doing a bit. And she goes, oh, my God, that was you that got around to my manager that somebody from the building came and apologized. I'm like, that was me. 
And where were you? You were supposed to be there Wednesday night. She goes, I don't know. They, I only worked in the morning that day. I think they're, and, and she told me that that guy came in and just started yelling at her out of nowhere. And she didn't even know what to do. This is yelling at this little cute girl. What an asshole. I can't wait to run into this guy. Meanwhile, I still haven't run into my neighbors above me. I hate that fucking kid. I don't know how I'm not running into these people. I'm spending more and more time in the lobby lately, enjoying talking to my my friends, the doorman, and a couple of people that are pretty cool in the building. In fact, the other night, I, I think it was Wednesday night after the date, I was telling my uh I was telling the uh, doorman about it, and, and, and I was explaining. I was showing him the net worth. <laughs> I told him everything. Was it? Was that it? The next day, I can't remember. Anyway, and this other girl came in. Then we were just talking about time travel movies because they know about my class and everything. So, yeah, that's super fun. After I went to the coffee shop and got my bag of coffee, I went right next door because I had told the, the the chef and and owner of the restaurant that I always see him outside preparing the menu from my window in the building and so there he was sitting outside and i said ah there you are i just saw you outside my window preparing and he's like you know we were talking i I didn't tell him about the incident again i just uh i think i told him the story about the date which he loved and he thought was really funny and he's such a nice guy and we talked for a while and i guess we were talking about comedy and i was talking about the coffee shop and I don't know, we were just talking about a bunch of stuff. Also, the guy that died in the building. He's like, did you know him? And I'm like, I did. He seemed like a nice guy. So we're just shooting the shit and having a good time. And then I texted, or my friend, the the manager over there who wasn't there that day, Enrique, I texted him and I'm like, oh, you were missed yesterday or something. Or he texted back and I said, oh, thanks for not being there. They totally fucked up my order. They, they they got it messed up. And he goes, that was you? There's two instances next door where everybody's talking about it. They didn't know it was, wait, that was you? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, they didn't even take it off the bill. He goes, oh, my God, they should have. If I, Of course they were supposed to take it off the bill. What the fuck? So apparently I caused havoc at both places right across the street because that is truly what Dave Jeskow's net worth is worth causing havoc. That's what I really do. But tell me, and I don't know whether I told it right, maybe I missed the punchline or something, but tell me that that story, I'm like, what the hell's the matter with this girl? And then you find out that she knows my apparent net worth. Tell me that is not a classic goddamn story. It is epic. And at this point, it really makes me happy. And I'm not upset about what happened because it's just too funny. You can blame the girl because it's still uncool to just, I looked online and I saw your net worth, so I guess it's all right. But obviously this girl has no class, doesn't text the next day, thank you very much for a lovely meal. I mean, what gives? You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm talking about. You see that camera? You're going to see a lot of them now. Hard knocks is coming. Your thoughts? <laughs> Listen, to me. one of the only things I like about hard knocks is the voice of God who narrates it. Right. Live. I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the, the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team, a lot of expectations for our squad. So uh, they forced it down our throats, and we got to deal with it. Man, I got home that night, Tuesday. 
And I was so excited I watched Hard Knocks, which is a HBO show where they have a football team each year and they show the behind the scenes of the football team before the season starts. They've been doing it for years. It's very entertaining. And this year the Jets are on it, which they didn't want to be. And I'm all in. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I'm so excited. I may do an additional podcast for 10 to 15 minutes. Call it the Aaron Rodgers show. Talk about the game and then have Aaron Rodgers on the show. But I'm going to play Aaron Rodgers and try and do a different voice and pretend that he's always on my show and and tag the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and see if anybody complains. Is that funny? I think I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. Anyway, I'm watching this Hard Knocks. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. You should watch it. It's so entertaining. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously the star. All the sports stations were talking about it yesterday. All the people, all the players are in awe of him. The coach is in awe of him, which is not a great sign, but it's it's awesome. If you're a Jets fan, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. And he's just sitting there listening to the coach tell his ridiculous analogy story about some crow on a bird or something as if he's just a young new player and it's so awesome and then he gets really excited I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers about Lee Schreiber if you know the actor Lee Schreiber he is the voice of Hard Knocks he does all the narration The Jets are aiming high, ready to soar to a place where the crows can't touch them. So he keeps calling him the voice of God. And for some reason, HBO decides they're going to send Lee Schreiber to a practice in a helicopter. <laughs> and so he comes in in the helicopter, and Aaron Rodgers is so excited. He's telling everybody, say hello to him. you got to say hello to him. He's the voice of God. you got to say hello to him. Maybe it's Leah. Leah Driver. He's coming to practice today. The narrator. Hard knocks. Voice of God. Full disclosure. I wanted to drive, but the producers thought a helicopter might be more dramatic. Should have ironed my shirt. Hey Aaron. Hey buddy. How, How you are doing? you, man? Great to see you, man. Nice to meet it's you. Great to meet you as well. Thanks for your comments. I appreciate it. Of course, it. man. I've been a fan of yours forever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Started with 24-7 way back in the day. Obviously, a ton of your movies I love, but yeah, man. It's great to see I'm you. I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. Yeah. You've made a lot of New Yorkers very happy. So far. Yeah. yeah. It's fun seeing you out there. Yeah. It looks <laughs> great. You look great. Yeah, it's just fun to watch you. Have a great time. Leah, right voice of God. Voice of God. Voice of God. Huh? Voice of God. It's You guys didn't say hi? Go say hi. Go say hi. Fuck the voice of God. He's the guy that narrates hard knocks. Go say hi. Why don't you say hi? Don't be an asshole. There you are. He's, he, he's nervous. He wants to, you know, meet people, feel comfortable. He's never been to a hard knocks practice. You know how excited he is to meet Aaron Rodgers? That's overwhelming. Just say hi. It's overwhelming for people. Just be nice. Okay, look at him. Hey, you got all dressed up for it? Looks great. He's lean, slim. Okay. And so then there's a whole bunch of things with Leif Schreiber and Aaron Rodgers, and that's just super fun. 
because a whole bunch of it had nothing to do with football. So it was completely entertaining. And I really think anybody that doesn't even like football would like it. And Aaron Rodgers is really cool. And and watching these young kids and teammates gush over him is awesome too. And the guy is a living legend. And maybe he didn't win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady, but you know, he's in Peyton Manning status and you know, won MVPs, but he has won a Super Bowl, so at least he, you know, that's why this is all good. He got that monkey off his back and he's ready to go. Because you wouldn't want if he never won a Super Bowl, you'd be like, oh boy, the Jets will ruin that for him. But I couldn't it was so entertaining. It was an hour long and it was very fun. And that made my day. So I didn't go to bed unhappy, even though I wasn't that unhappy, but I because the story was so great. And I just couldn't, it was just late and I couldn't tell anybody. Like I found out about this around 1030 at night and then I'm like, damn it, who can I call and tell this story to? Why am I not doing the podcast right now while it's on my mind? I don't deserve this to die like this. I was building a house. Deserves got nothing to do with it. On Sunday, you know, remember I was telling you, I got to get out of this rut where I, you know, finish work, then eat, then sleep. But I did again, I think, and I'm like, I just got to build this shoe rack before Thursday. And it was driving me crazy because I just, I, I, I like having the project, so I take my time doing it, but I know it's got to be done by Thursday by the time the cleaning lady gets here. Very important. And then Sunday night, just all this stuff happened that Dave Juskow in particular doesn't like, but most people would be excited. Jeff calls and he's like, hey, I'm in town. Let's hang out. I'm like, I just ordered a pizza. Son of a bitch. I ordered a two-day pizza. You know what I'm saying? Knowing full well I was going to have it the next day too. And then my friend Hannah says, hey, I'm in town for a week. I just decided to do it. I'm like, you have any time? And I'm like, God damn it. And these are all good people that I'd like to hang out with. But you know me, I've already got my schedule set. And then the worst part is my friend Chloe from the office, who I love, who I met on my first day, and we have lunch every day, and she makes going to work better because I love having lunch with somebody, obviously, every day, is moving back to Arizona and leaving. She sends me a text on Sunday. So Sunday, I am just completely depressed. I shouldn't have taken the nap again. I got nothing going on. All these people are coming to town. It's all technically good news except for the Chloe part. I was really upset about that. I didn't write anybody back. I said, I'll write them back Monday morning when everybody's asleep and then we can all take time from this. And then I'm like, all right, let me just make time for everybody. You know what I'll do is I won't go to see Rhoda on Thursday and I'll make time for everybody for Thursday. So I told that girl, Hannah, I could see you on Thursday. I told Jeff, I could see you on Thursday. And then I was really uptight about Thursday. And then I'm like, what am I going to do about Friday? Because it turns out my friend Joe, who you know on this show, and his daughter are now in like an hour or less coming to my house to get massages. You heard me right. I'm not getting it. They ordered a table, a massage table to the house. And apparently there's a guy and he won't come to New Jersey where they live. He'll only come to Manhattan and they love him. So they're just going to be getting massages in my house. While I'm here watching TV. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, it's, and then I, and I know I was like, well, you can come over anytime, you know, especially when I'm at work or whatever. And I was like, kind of like, well, I'll just go to New Jersey on Friday. But then he's like, you're not going to be there. I'm like, well, why should I be there? I mean, you know, but then I guess the first time I was like, all right, I'll be here because he wants to go out for dinner after. And I'm like, well, it's just I have just too much to do. And 
I made all these plans, and I, you know, I can't do two things. I'm like my mother at this point. I can't do two things in one day. But I'm going to try. But that's happening in like an hour. So I, I don't know. Was, you know, I, I never have people over, so I'm very confused. But the apartment looks really good. The cleaning thing was a miracle yesterday. So I'm, mel- I'm building the shoe rack, and I'm finally putting this one plaque. I'm like, wait, if I put this in, I'm not going to be able to fit any of my shoes. What is this, a lady's shoe rack? I can barely, my shoes barely fit in there. The men's shoes I have, I mean, they do fit, but I could have fit more if I had ladies' shoes. So I have three plaques that I just threw out to them. I'm like, well... Unless somebody moves in, I'll save one rack and some screws. I don't know whether it's you. I don't know. She set it all up yesterday, so it looks nice. I'll try and take a picture of it and show it to you on the bonus show. And there's so many shoes I can throw out. But she demanded I get the shoe rack if I wanted this place cleaned up. So the place looks good for my guests today. Anyway, that's not the the point of the story. I was just getting upset. And then Joe actually called me Tuesday before we started. You're not going to believe this. Tuesday before we started the, the live show and told me like, oh, did you hear? I, I can't believe he didn't think this was going to hurt my feelings. They're making a Warriors musical. Didn't I just... Did, oh, oh, right, I talked about this on the Tuesday show. I, I, Lin-Manuel Miranda's making a Warriors. It, just, it ruined my whole week. I mean, it was just weird because I'm planning this one-person show. I'm planning a taping a special. And the last thing I did was I'm going to write a new song about my Warriors musical. And I wrote a song called The Orphans. You know, the one of the gangs and the, and the Warriors. And now I can't even do it because someone beat me too. I, I, I knew it was a brilliant idea when I told it to you guys. I was like, this is going to make an amazing musical. But of course, I don't have the power to put it together. And he's got the power to do anything. I just can't they really... I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just put that back in my head again, and now it's there. It's like it was just, that kind of stuff just drives me nuts. I mean, it was just talking. The other day I came up with, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll do this. I don't know what the hell's happened. It's like somebody's in my mind all the time. How can that be? Maybe you ought to show me your invitation. How do you figure? Will you come on me and down here? Invading our territory. No permits, no parley. We're not invading. And I'm parleying right now. We were just at that big meeting up in the Bronx. We're going home to Coney. The train gets messed up by the fire and dumps us here. I don't know what you're talking about, man. How could this be a big meeting if the orphans wasn't there? Listen, you didn't miss anything. There was a lot of hassle, a lot of heads got busted. Yeah, you think the orphans ain't with it? You, you think the orphans ain't well known? We didn't say that. Well, we got a heavy rep. You mess with us and you'll find that out. Anyway, yesterday this um, girl, an old girlfriend, actually, came to town from Boston. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And she's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And really cute. She's like, well, I'm staying in the East Village at an Airbnb. And I'm like, whoa. And throw up. And I'm like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and get a haircut or a grooming, a shape up, as they call it. At my place, because it's driving me crazy because, you know, Mike hasn't been in town on Tuesdays. That's where I usually get it done. So my sideburns are like gross. I look like a wolf man. I'm getting really upset. I'm like, I'm just going to go down there on a Thursday, even though it was like it was like going to work. I took the bike down Second Avenue and then go in there and I'm like, and just meet me there and we'll walk around and do something. 
And I didn't know what we were going to do. And I also knew it was probably going to rain, but I'm not taking an umbrella and I'm going to take my chances. So I get the haircut and I feel great. God, right after a grooming, a little shave in the back, I feel so much better. It wasn't a horribly muggy day. It, it wasn't a great day, but it wasn't a muggy day. And then I met her and we we're just walking around like, oh, you want to get a cup of coffee? I'm like, yeah, it's a great idea. And we end up walking back to these village because I don't know where to go. I'm like, I want to go somewhere I feel comfortable. And we go to this. I was like, well, actually, I know there's a coffee shop across from the Bowery Hotel because I know I go there with Sarah sometime. I just can't remember. The, and it seems like a perfect one. We can just sit and hang out. And I've been there. So we got there. What happened? They, they, I, I was doing something. I was yelling at somebody about the coffee. I, I don't know what happened. Some girl was, uh, oh, she was drinking. And I'm like, what are you doing drinking? You should be making that coffee. Some, something bad. And this guy, the, bar, the barista, threw a towel at me. He said he was trying to miss me. He's like, no, I'm sorry, dude. But he totally threw a towel at my head. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I know it. I don't think he was doing it because I was yelling at that girl. I think he just actually was. He's an idiot. And the next time I go there with Sarah, I'm going to say something to the manager. It's going to be awesome. And then I'll be there with Sarah. That guy's going to feel foolish. Of course, I probably won't because Jesus Christ, you know, they work in a goddamn coffee shop. You don't want to bother anybody because then I can be that guy from my building. You know, then I can really get into it. They threw a towel and hit me in the head with the towel. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, that was weird, right? And Hannah goes like, that was weird. I'm like, that was weird, right? I should have complained. But uh, again, maybe I'll go in there by myself one time and just be like, let me talk to the manager. Do you know who I am? Do you know my net worth? It's $1.4 million I can buy and sell this place. Well, I'll need a partner, but because it's uh, probably really expensive real estate in the Lower East Side, but uh, you know what I'm saying. So then we talk for a while, and we leave there, and I'm like, there's no reason to leave. She's like, do you have to go? And I'm like, not really. You want to get something to eat? And I'm like, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because now things are going through my mind where I am, I'm like, you know, there's a Chinese food place on 3rd Avenue. Maybe you want to go there. They're probably open, because a lot of the places close down around 3 o'clock or so and reopen at 5 and she's like, yeah, that sounds good. She's really easy, this girl. She's cool. And we go to this place called Han Dynasty, which I think I took a picture of because I was showing it to Alon because that's his big end joke, Han Dynasty, where it appears on his credit card is Handy Nasty, and his wife gets upset. And when we went in there and the girl was wearing the shirt, it, and I have a picture of it, and I'll show you on the bonus show, it clearly says Handy Nasty. So I sent it to Alon. He loved it. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I don't know whether they get the gag. And they did it on purpose. You'll be the judge when you see the photo. Anyway, go to this place. And I was talking to the girl. And I'm like, you know, this is so weird. I haven't actually been to this place before 3 in the morning. This place used to be open until 3 in the morning. She's like, it, it was? I only started a month or two ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then she talked to the bartender. He goes, yeah, used to be open until 3. I'm like, I knew this was. Th- I thought so. But, of course, COVID closes it. Now it closes at 10 o'clock. Used to be open until 3 in the morning. It's a regular place on 12th Street and 3rd Avenue. A really awesome Chinese food. The food was outstanding. I think she got chicken dumplings. I got, we got the crab rangoons. And then I got this scallion beef. It was fantastic. They put it in a pot. It's a very different Chinese restaurant, but it was, it was fantastic. And she, and she decided to get a beer. And I'm like, all right, I'll get a beer too. Even though I'm pretty sure my stomach will be in knots. But uh, I got a beer. What I get is, is important for the story, for the diarrhea I had later. <laughs> uh, oh, a Goose Island 
That's right, IPA, because nobody seems to have a Sam Adams anymore, like a regular amber beer, as you know. I cannot find it anywhere. A brown beer that's not Guinness. Jesus fucking Christ. And the fact that Sam Adams just doesn't exist anymore. It's seasonal ale, then it'll change to Oktoberfest, and then Winterfest. What the fuck happened to regular Sam Adams? And this girl from Boston says, you know, they relaunched it. The lager's pretty good. I'm like, well, you can't get it anywhere here. You need to take you and your patriot shit and get out of here. So, so it was really good. So then it started to pour. And we were just about to leave. And I'm like, you know what? I think we should stay here and have another beer. It seems ridiculous to go have another beer at the Chinese restaurant. But nobody was there. And they liked us. And, of course, oh, and Hannah paid. And she says, let me get this. I'm like, no, no, you're the guest at the She's like, no. It's and I said, let me take a picture of you paying the check because my, my listeners will love it and they'll have great respect for you because this never happens. So I'm taking a picture of her. I got a great picture of her holding her credit card and paying the bill. Meanwhile, of course, they have the electronic thing. So I'm like, oh, I'll tell you, if I was paying that bill, I'd be very upset right now. I told the girl about the survey and every, how I hate those things. She goes, oh, yeah, I never leave it with the customer. I mean, she was really nice. Because then we went to the bar, and I used it again. And I'm like, I don't know. But, oh, and that was the thing at that coffee place. I'm like, he threw the towel at me like, dude, I just tipped you. Because I gave an extra dollar. You know, because these machines were all expected to give an extra dollar just for pumping gas or giving us our coffee. It's so insane. I'm like, I just tipped you. And you throw a towel on my head? So we got another beer there, another pint of beer. And then we were feeling pretty good. And then it, it didn't stop raining, but it definitely slowed down a little bit. And we walked out. I'm like, well, why don't we go to see Vincent at the, uh, Bowery, at the uh, Bowery Hotel? Let's go see my friend Vincent. He's working there. So we were just going back and forth, you know, but we didn't have anything else to do. So let's head down there. So we're heading down there talking. And we're on 7th Street. And 3rd Avenue, or Bowery, 7th Street. And I said, you know, there's, I haven't been there in 40 years, but there's a bar right here that's the oldest bar in the city. And I don't even know whether they let women in. It's called McSorley's. I haven't been there since 1985. And we walked in, and it, was, it didn't look like it was open, but it was totally open. And maybe now it's four or five in the afternoon. And there's nobody at the bar, but people are sitting and it's crowded because it's a staple of New York City. It's the I think it's the oldest bar in New York, but I'm not positive. There's sawdust on the floor. It's a legendary spot. My friend Ron Ponchak used to love it. He was the one who took me there the first time in the 80s. He took his son there where he was 21. I told my sister, I'm going to take Billy there in September when he turns 21 because it'll be awesome. And they have specials there. I mean, special, it's not specials. This is what you order. And I, I didn't remember or forgot because really it had been almost 40 years since I was there last. I don't think I was ever there in between. I couldn't believe it was still standing. And I told my friend Hannah, I'm like, yeah, you, you're lucky you're able to hit. Last time I was here, they didn't let girls in. And she's like, no, that's not true. And I'm like, no, I don't think it was true. But there was something about it that was anti-women <laughs> that... You know, it was like, not anti, but something was weird even when I was there. Like when I tell you that I'm so old, when I was born, black people couldn't vote. 
which is a completely true statement. So when I was the last time at that bar, women were not allowed in the bar. But that is not true because then we looked it up. Women were allowed in in 1970. So for 100 years, they could not come in. And then somebody made a law and people complained. And they're like, fine, come in. And they, of course, ruined it. You know how women are. They ruin it for everybody. <laughs> so then they were finally allowed in in 1970. But... Like I said, women and machinery do not mix. Oh, and this is what I guess I remembered. If I was there in 1985, I remember I wasn't even 21 yet, but no one was checking IDs in New York City back then. So, plus the drinking age might have been 19, but I don't think it was. There was no women's bathroom when I was there. The first women's bathroom was installed in 1986. And that's why I told the, the bartender why I'd never come back. Because I was like, I was very uncomfortable that there were women in the men's bath or the bathroom. I'm like, that's probably why I never came back. I'm not secure enough to go to the bathroom in a unisex bathroom. What are you kidding me? I don't even take my pants off in my own house. So that's true. There was no women's bathroom. So I wasn't off-off. There was something that I'm so old and had been there so long that they that they there was something about women. I knew that, you know, only 15 years ago they had let women in the last time I was there, but they wouldn't even put a bathroom. And then finally in 1986, they installed the women's bathroom. I don't know why. I should have gone to the bathroom while I was there to check it out, including the women's bathroom. I should have taken a picture. So we order from the bartender, who's a woman. And I say, well, wait a second. When did they start allowing women bartenders? I mean, this is even rare. She goes, actually, I was the first. I've been here 29 years. And she was really cute. And she didn't seem that old. And she's like, yeah, I've been here 29 years. I was the first woman bartender they've ever had. I'm like, that's unbelievable. So then she goes, what do you guys want to drink? I'm like, um, and she goes, we have the, you know, the light or the dark. And I'm like, oh, and I, then I realized, okay, you know, don't fuck up in here. They obviously have the mix. I know they have the McSorley's L, so you want to get that. I don't even know if they have anything else. You get the light or dark. I'm like, I want dark for sure. I'm not even fooling around. She goes, I'll have the dark too. And they give you tiny mugs. Not tiny, but they're not, they're not your usual mug. They're, they're, they're tiny, and they give you two of them. It's really weird. So they instantly, so you order two, you get four of the dark McSorley's. Now, that's what I'm guessing gave me the diarrhea. But it was still delicious, and I loved it. And then we ordered another small one to share. But it was great. And the fact of the matter is, when I told Vincent later, it's like no one has, like, brown beer anymore. They used to have, well, they still have it, but they don't sell it anywhere, Heineken Brown. And it's great. And I've had it since high school, and I really like it. And they don't sell it anywhere. They don't sell. I just need something less Guinnessy. You know, I don't want the full Guinness. I want something a little off and a little brown beer, something in between the amber and the Guinness. And they just don't make it, but they make it here at McSorley's. It was delicious. It was really good. We had a great time. It was fun talking to the bartender. I couldn't remember. I knew they had a specialty food, and then. My sister, ironically, my sister and Chris Murphy again, <laughs> both said, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Chris knew because he doesn't drink, but he knew they had, they give you a, and my sister said it too. It was so funny, the two of them, 
this week, and they I don't even know whether they've ever met. They Yeah, they give you a sleeve of saltines. They give you a sleeve of saltine crackers and some cheese and some hot mustard, and that's what you're supposed to eat there. Isn't that hilarious? Don't you love places like that? Although they had a menu, so I'm going to take my nephew in there. We're, we're going to have the beer, and we'll, we'll get the sleeve of saltine crackers. We want to do it the right way. <laughs> and that's maybe you do need that when it's so muggy and sweaty outside, but you know me, I was already getting a headache. Day drinking does not agree with me, as you know. So then we leave that. We finally go down to uh, the, the the Bowery Hotel, and, and Vincent's working, and we say hello. He looks amazing. He was wearing a suit. He looks fantastic. He's like, you think so? It's just old. I'm like, yeah, no, you look amazing. And we talked for a while, and it was fun. And Oh, it was great. He, he showed Larry Moss, greatest acting teacher we know right now in our time. Leonardo DiCaprio swears by him, all these people, Sarah even. He shows him the thing I did with Mark Norman, and he, and he watched it a couple times. He goes, you know, I don't understand why Dave's not more successful. And, you know, we're just like, it's your fault. Why don't you help me then, Larry? Come on. But, of course, we all know that. How am I not more successful? We'll all never know. Well, I, I can tell you why. Listen back to this podcast. So you go in uh, yelling at everybody like, that was you? That probably has something to do with it. Let's just... Uh, you know, be honest with each other. Jesus, uh, nothing. I've done everything perfectly in my life. I don't understand why I'm not more successful. It's weird, right? I don't blame anybody. It's on me. But anyway, it was fun to see him. And then I remember I went to the bathroom and I'm like, wait a minute. Do I have diarrhea? No, I, no, no, I could. No, I'll be all right. And then, it's you know, it was raining, too. So I was just getting a little uptight. My stomach. I was like, what am I going to do? Is Jeff calling? Oh, so Jeff, I told Jeff I was around. He's like, I'm seeing a play at five. And I'm like, oh. So then I just didn't worry about it. I'm like, well, I'm going to go home. When I came out of the bathroom, Vincent and Hannah were just drinking wine. Because he's the sommelier there. So he's like, try. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? I thought we were leaving. What the hell's happening? They're sitting down having a glass of wine. But it was hilarious. And then we left. I walked her home. And then I'm like, well, I'll just keep walking. And then I was going to take a bike. But... Uh, it, did, it didn't work, so I ended up walking all the way home, and it completely started pouring. Then I just, you know, my stomach was a mess, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it home. I can't catch a cab. I can't catch the bus. I can't take the bike. I'm just going to have to walk in the rain, and I walked pretty much all home in the rain. I was completely soaked when I got home. My hair was a disaster. I just had to be home, but then, you know, obviously, after I got home and took off and put on dry clothes and stuff, I, I felt great. I'm like, well, that was a fun day. And then I ordered more Chinese food because I'm a fucking idiot. I don't even know what to tell you. I was like, what? I'm gonna... And I ordered chicken chow mein, like old school Chinese. I don't know what was happening in my head. I don't know how I'm going to try and lose weight if I had an additional. <laughs> I'm crazy. I really am stupid. But And then I just couldn't sleep at all. Like Maybe I dozed off for a second because I was a little drunk for a half hour and then i was just up until like three four in the morning meanwhile i finished watching the natural the 1984 robert robert redford movie is the one i chose to watch this week in pieces in the morning and then i was like, i'll finish it let's see where this ends you know that movie stinks by the way i don't know whether you know it it's directed by barry levinson who's terrific but this movie sucks i think it's quite frankly poorly edited it's a stupid story 
that makes no sense. I'm surprised it's so popular. It's a very bad movie. I didn't think it was bad. I'm like, oh, let me see this. Everybody knows the scene where he hits the thing and the lights hit and they're doing all this stuff. And But it's not very good and it doesn't hold up at all. And I still don't know. And the ending was stupid. Everything about it was stupid. I'm like waiting for something to happen the whole time and nothing happens. I looked it up online and there's all these metaphors for it and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't care if he had supernatural powers or whatever, but it was just dumb. Really stupid. This is a bad movie. A really bad movie. I just, I don't get it. I, it, it just doesn't, none of it made any sense. It was just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why. Was it popular? I, I know the music is. Billy Joel plays it at his concert every, every month at MSG. He plays the opening to The Natural all the time. So that's why I guess it was on my mind. I'm like, oh, this must be a very popular movie. I remember when it came out. And of course, they have the scene again. We all know the ending. Funny, they always show the ending. Like movie history ending. But it's not a very good movie. It's not. I don't think it's well directed. And I love Barry Levinson. And I think it's extremely poorly edited. And again, I just don't get it. So if it's some sort of piece of art that I'm missing, then maybe as a teacher of film now i need to talk to another professor about why i should like this movie i would be extremely interested to see what the big to do is with it so i looked up online to see if siskel and ebert had anything on it and i couldn't find anything except for their top 10 movies of 1984 and it was on gene siskel's list and i for the life of me don't know why as a matter of fact i read roger ebert's review and he hated it so that made me feel a little better he was asking the same questions i was so i don't know whether that movie made money or anything but it's pretty goddamn bad like everybody in it's bad and these are good actors like robert redford wasn't great but 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 he could have been great because maybe just his character glenn close was i think awful kim bassinger she stinks and these are all academy award winners the best part was Darren McGavin, you know, uh, Darren McGavin, right? The uh, guy from uh, Kolchak. He was good. Robert Duvall's always good. But like his, you know, why was he even in it? I mean, they, it was, it was a, it's not a good movie. And, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying watching all these movies in pieces. I don't know what to watch this week. Maybe it's time to start Once Upon a Time in America from the same year. The long version, Sergio Leone. Huh? Maybe we'll try that. hope that my build-up to the story and the story delivered in some form, again, when I was telling it and I was at the punchline in a way, I felt like, wait, I don't know whether I delivered it properly, so hopefully I did, and hopefully you appreciate that story, and like I said, no one else could, will ever be able to tell you that story, because you don't know anyone else besides me that is a true D-lister, and I don't even know if it's a D, you know what I'm saying, it could be E or F. But you obviously have to have some form of, quote, celebrity status for you to have your net worth up there. Am I right? I mean, you have to have something to have happened that for some reason on the Internet, Dave Juskow has a net worth, you know, page. So, like I said, no one else can give you this story. No 
real good podcast. Joe Rogan can't tell you that story. Mark Maron can't tell you that story. So no one else in the podcasting world can give you that story. So you're welcome. And I thank you for listening to this show because you're going to get that kind of shit on a weekly basis, let alone next week, which should be extremely interesting. Who's going to stop by Dave Juskow's birthday show at the Comedy Cellar, 935 Will Jeff and Dave be there? Is it going to go on for a three-hour marathon? Apparently, there's like eight comics, so I think I can let the show go long. So I don't know what the hell else he's worried about. It's all good. It's all going to happen. And then we'll see if I somehow make it to work and beyond. And I'll tell you all that stuff next week on what will be the wrap-up of the birthday show. What's up? And possibly our last show before September. You know, I usually always take... I know I took a week off in July, but I cannot help myself but to take off between, you know, the last week in August. I take off both things, all three all three venues. Everybody knows. So there's no reason to be shocked. So it's possible it's our last show before the break. And then we'll, as we always say, come back in the fall. Come back blasting. We'll be ready. We'll be ready. Class starts, everything. All the fall. I'm ready to give you a little more about Just Cow in the city of New York. I'll see you next week, everybody. Have a wonderful, beautiful August week.